The last 12 months have challenged association leaders to respond quickly to unfolding events and meet the evolving needs of their members. Our guest today wears two leadership hats, one executive, the other volunteer. Giuseppe Marletta is Managing Director Europe at the Association for Corporate Council and President of the European Society of Association Executives. Giuseppe, welcome to Deep Dive. Thank you so much, James. Um, Giuseppe, what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned last year during the uh, coronavirus pandemic? Um, I think among the different things I learned, the, the first uh, thing I will remember is to let things go. It's difficult to have everything under control, uh, even for people who like to be uh, perfect at work, like, like I like to be. Uh, it's difficult to be on top of everything. So you really need to learn how to prioritize even better, even more than I used to, to do. Um, there, there was a huge amount of uh, emails, the workload exploded, everybody was complaining because we had spent, I think, uh, most of our days with meetings back to back because people needed time to adjust. And I think my, my biggest les lesson, which I'm still trying to um, integrate in what I do on a daily basis, is to let things go and uh, uh, yeah, just accept that you cannot control everything. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because in many ways, uh, work for a lot of people shut down and a lot of people were furloughed. And then for a lot of other people, work seemed to explode. And every day there was a meeting and there was a kind of scramble to get on, to get online and, and sort of meet with your colleagues. Did you find that happening with you that suddenly your kind of diary was filling up? Absolutely, yes. Um, so somebody was um, uh, sharing with me an article on um, whose title was "Where did the commute time go?" Mm. Uh, because basically we're, we were stuck uh, at home forever without even without moving uh, with uh, with a big workload, and this happened to me as well. I, I think this relates to the fact that we had to. Uh, include in our daily routine, which state as as normal, all the changes, all the adaptations to to um, to the new normal, as they say, to do things in a different way, uh, to incorporate new strategies, new reflections, and this caused uh, the 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 increase in uh, working time, which uh, impacted me as well. Yes. Yeah. Now it's it's interesting to know how the crisis affected different. Uh, parts of the uh, jobs market, society in general. How did it affect in-house lawyers or attorneys, as they, as they say in America? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I think uh, in general, lawyers are where crises are and troubles are. Uh, so I think it was all in all, of course, with uh, there were companies where uh, we, we saw some difficulties, mm -hmm. uh, many that had to reconvert their activities. Uh, but in general, I think for the legal function, um, it was it was a positive experience. The balance is positive. So the, the role of uh, lawyers uh, is fundamental to support their, their respective business from all perspectives. If you look at all the, I don't know, commercial contracts, which had to be reviewed or revisited because of the impact of COVID or the implications on, uh, on the HR side, uh, all of that had, a, had an impact on the on the legal function. So I'm not saying that it was a positive experience mm. uh, for the lawyers and for members of ACC, but certainly it's a 
positive experience for the legal function, yeah. uh, which is taking even a more fundamental role within the company. Yeah, sure. So, so they were busier, essentially. Absolutely yes, absolutely yeah. yes. Which which made our work even more difficult because the uh, they were even more difficult to be reached during uh, last year because the priorities you know very well. I mean, associations. Uh, we love to think that we are fundamental, and I, I strongly believe uh, in this. Otherwise, I would not do it, the job I do. Uh, but very often come on top of the daily jobs. So you need to show the value, improve the value uh, in, a, in a moment where your members were completely busy and taken by other things. Yeah. So that, that, that sort of leads me on to the next question I was going to ask, really. How, how has the relationship with your members changed in the last 12 months? You, you said you find it more difficult to to engage with them, more difficult to reach them? Yes and no. I think we are, uh, ACC is a big organization. So we we already have a, had a strong presence online. Uh, we have a huge online education portal. So yeah. people know that they can go to ACC for uh, virtual meetings, for networking, for learning, for training opportunities. So we didn't have to reconvert the way we work, uh, or only partially, because that, that was already available. Mm -hmm. So we only needed some twists uh, here and there. Uh, we can certainly push more stuff online and try to engage people from their uh, on office with uh, more videos, with online events, networking opportunities. So I think we, have to, we had to play more strategically and we had to adapt what we were already doing uh, but we were not starting from scratch like uh, other associations have uh, have done. So it was, I think it was not more difficult in uh, absolute numbers uh, to engage more people, uh, but it was just a different level of engagement, a different way of getting people's attention. That's an interesting point about associations in general, isn't it? But you know, they are so different. ACC is obviously originally an American association, is that right? And, and presumably... Uh, yeah, originally, which then became a, a, a global, it's a very global international association, yes. Clearly well-funded, well-established professional organisation. Has it nevertheless forced any permanent changes to the way you, you do things in the association? Do you think there's anything that's changed that, that will uh, stay changed? Well, no surprise. I think that mainly relates to meetings. It probably forced us to revisit our strategy for meetings. And we just need to accept, and I think this is for ACC, but it applies to, to anyone else, that we need to accept that people are going to travel differently and more wisely. Yesterday, I was talking with uh, with somebody who was uh, sitting in our board, and uh, he was saying, I'm sure people, as, as soon as they have the possibility of traveling, they will just uh, jump on the first conference. And I agree with that. Conferences and meetings, if associations can prove the value and the interest, uh, not only to professionals, but also to their employers, then I don't think that will be an issue. And I think there will be a big boost in, in attendance. What I think will change will be for smaller meetings. So I will not be required to go for breakfast in Paris uh, <laughs> just for, for a meeting of two hours. I, I think this is something that will change. And it would be superficial not to see that the future work will be hybrid. Uh, so a combination of home and office. And this is something that we have to somehow keep in mind on, on our planning for, for the future, uh, especially in terms of our meetings. Yes. 
Now, I'd just like to talk a little bit about the relationship between the volunteer board and the executive in associations. It's often described as a rather fraught relationship, especially when it comes to, to making decisions. What insight can you give us on that? I think I'm in a privileged position and able to look at both perspectives at the same time because I'm uh, an employee of ACC and at the same time a volunteer serving as chair for the time being at uh, ESA, the European Society for Association Executive. And this is priceless for me as I don't have to put myself in someone else's shoes because I'm actually wearing two pairs of shoes, although I swear I only have two feet. <laughs> um, uh, no rocket science, I think. Uh, the dialogue is the key in, uh, in uh, making communication and making the relationship between volunteers and uh, the leadership, making this dialogue work. Uh, I think it's all about building trust, supporting each other and uh, having a clear uh, division of roles and responsibilities just to avoid gray areas. And uh, in, uh, in COVID times, it was... Uh, even more challenging or more interesting, if I can say. I, I always like to put to look at the positive sides of mm. things. That's part of me, and I'm very lucky. I think this was an opportunity for many to think out of the box. Yeah. Um, we always discuss about uh, uh, flexibility, agility, the possibility of adapting. And I think it was an exercise that many associations have taken, and I have... In a very humble way, I've tried to do it uh, myself with the ACC and also with the SAE. Um, I've tried to uh, look strategically and creatively, okay, this is the new situation, what we can do to respond, what we can do to uh, satisfy our member needs, uh, because our members' needs are, are different. Uh, mm. not more or less, not uh, uh, black or white, but just different, uh, just different needs, different uh, way of, uh, ways of uh, engaging. Um, so I think this was a, an incredible opportunity for many. And uh, uh, I'm aware that many associations have taken the opportunity. Uh, others uh, uh, have struggled a bit more, but uh, I, I, I treasure this uh, moment, always, uh, although it was very difficult mm. for the community, for our society. For me personally, I have three kids uh, uh, at home, so it's mm. not always easy to combine uh, uh, personal life and, uh, and uh, work, but uh, it was, uh, it was a, a positive experience from a professional perspective. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting to hear. Now, it's often said that the governance structure of associations um, can make them a little slow or inflexible. Uh, is this fair? Is it true? Is it true analysis? Uh, what has the crisis shown us uh, in this regard? It is often true. Of course, it, it's not true for my own board, with which <laughs> I work on a daily basis. I'm super uh, fan of them. But uh, in many associations, this is something we observe. And from ESAE, I have uh, the privilege of uh, looking at different associations, how they operate, uh, boards uh, and committees in general, and the decision-making bodies uh, are often the bottleneck because the these bodies risk to be busy looking after other things. For example, board members might be busy with their own business uh, during a crisis. Uh, so I think what, uh, what really makes a difference is to work on uh, leaner uh, governance, having a lean governance and setting a, a smooth uh, governance in normal times 
then um, is the, the first tool to be agile in critical moments so that you're ready, uh, ready. You don't have to reset, restructure the way you operate because, it's a, because there is a crisis, but you are ready set basically. And uh, this is something on which you are working. The, the theme for um, ESAE on 2021 will be about agility and how associations can work in, uh, in an agile way from many different perspectives. Um, I think 2020 was pretty bad for two types of associations. Uh, either, let me use the, the word the dinosaurs who were not digitally savvy, not equipped uh, to modern times, to not able to respond to, uh, to the needs of, uh, of uh, members, whether they are uh, trade associations or professional societies. Uh, but they were not um, uh, up to speed with uh, what the um, what their members would uh, would have needed, mm. and the other type of association that uh, has struggled is uh, where governance didn't allow enough reactivity, mm. and I think this is uh, this is key, and this is a key lesson that I've repeated one million times to uh, my colleagues in the association sector. You need to work on uh, on uh, agility. Uh, when things are good, because otherwise, if you wait for the crisis to be able to react, then it, it, it will be difficult. So try to create an environment where uh, a, a flexibility is not uh, the exception, but it's the norm. That's that's for me uh, one key lesson. Yeah, and and I guess that also um, you, you're very much depending on a engaged board aren't you if, if you're an executive you want your board to be responsive and engaged and something that that's something you can't do during a crisis you have to make sure that you've got an engaged board you know during the good times as well i think that we, we need to uh, somehow accept that they are volunteers the boards are are volunteers and uh, i've heard many times uh, my colleagues association professionals complaining because their boards were not engaged enough uh, I can accept, and uh, I, I maybe I'm the first one who I, who I complained in the past for uh, not so engaged board members. But I think it's also our responsibility, uh, first of all, to establish a process where uh, the board nomination, board members' nomination is is clear, where people not know what to expect, where rules are clear, basically. So if you play then by the rules, then you know what to expect, and then there are a set of possibilities to uh, and uh, and strategies to engage your board uh, to make them feel part of the uh, of the journey to make them feel that they are not there just for a vanity position but because they can make a difference um, mm. otherwise you can just uh, live without um, but I I think I, I agree with you. You need to work on this in normal times, in uh, in the regular operations, in the regular planning of your uh, strategy, and not when the when the crisis uh, hits your association, because then you risk to be uh, left alone with a bottleneck and not able to respond effectively for the benefit of your members. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like uh, sound advice. Can we just talk a little bit more about the ES? Uh, AE, because I've noticed, obviously, in the last few years, it's it's kind of really picked up again. It's um, there was a fallow period, let's say, where it was kind of more or less dormant. But in the last, I don't know, what has it been, three or four years, things seem to have really taken off um, at the European Society of Association Executives. What, what's been going on there? I mean, um, obviously, you've got a new team there, but is there a renewed interest for 
association executives in Europe to to network together? Do you think has that has that taken off? And if so, why? Yes. Uh, first of all, there is a lot of hard work. So no surprise, no magic there, uh, no uh, magic recipes. There is a lot of hard work. There is a fabulous team of volunteers and staff. I'm, I'm part of this team. We took the challenge a couple of years ago to say, okay, what do we want to do with this? Uh, and we, we really uh, put our um, arms and hands and brains and minds and hearts to make it work. I think association people and ESAE members realize more than anyone else the, the importance of peer-to-peer, -peer, of networking, uh, um, the possibility of looking at what other associations are doing. One of the elements which I think made the change, and I'm uh, happy to be part of the engine behind, and I'm very proud of, uh, of the work we've, we have done with ESAE and the results which we are seeing, and uh, you see that on, on all fronts from the membership numbers, the kind of engagement we see. There was a crucial change uh, in the tone of voice. Um, this was accompanied by an exercise of rebranding, of how we position ourselves. And uh, I think we, we went from a Brussels all-style association, very connected to the old way of doing lobbying, mm. uh, to a more modern, agile organization where people can co-create, where people can make a difference, can create impact for the entire association sector. So the the whole the, the ultimate mission is the same because we want to bring people together, but the way we are doing it and the 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 kind of glue that we are using to bring people together has changed dramatically. And I'm uh, very proud of this change, and uh, I I think it it's paying off. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it, it's great. It seems to be very um, slick organization now, um, lots of content coming out of it. What are the plans this year for, for ESAE? We are launching our calendar events very soon, so I will not say too much, otherwise yeah. my team will, will kill me. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be about agility and uh, it's going to give tools hands-on uh, practical sessions, but also good reflections, good opportunities to share ideas among peers on how to have, uh, how to be agile. So uh, what to be, what to do to have an agile uh, governance, how to be an agile communicator, how can you be on point, how can you reach authorities at national level or European level in, in, uh, in a situation of, uh, of uncertainty. Last year, it was all about disruption, but now we want to respond. We need to prove that we have learned the lesson. So, okay, enough complaining about disruption. What, what do you do? Uh, so it's going to be about uh, agility and there is a, a, a lot of uh, events and other opportunities we are bringing together and resources and articles we are bringing together. And this is the overarching theme. So what are your hopes for 2021? Do you, do you think um, we're going to see a, a real turn this year? I mean, in terms of the pandemic, uh, do, you, do you have any hopes uh, for, for us getting over the worst of it this year? Um, my hope that is uh, is that by the end of spring, we... Probably not all the, the European uh, uh, population will, be, will get a vaccine, but at least there will be less pressure on the communities or the, the most fragile uh, part of our population will, be, uh, uh, will get a vaccine so that we will be able to have a, a, a decent summer, some time with friends, which is my, my biggest hope a good party with many friends and maybe traveling for uh, for leisure in the second part of the year 
And uh, in general, my hope for, for me and the people I love is to find a good balance. So finding a good balance between work and personal life, being able to stop working when it's not working time. Uh, and yeah, finding a good uh, um, balance for, for, uh, for a general well-being, that's, that's my uh, hope. Yeah, it's been great talking to you today, uh, Giuseppe, and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, this year at some point. Thank you so much, James, for having me, and thank you for, for the possibility of sharing more about uh, ACC, ESAE, and, and myself. Thank you so much.